0: Hello and welcome to Tools to Create a Better Life with myself, Glenice Hughes. Thank you so much for listening in, guys. I am so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. Now, I am currently in Australia. You might hear some very different noises. Uh, the birds here are just magical. I mean, it's amazing to me. Um, And some of them sound really different, but there's some really pretty ones too. So just just be willing to receive from all of the noises. And I did wait until the guy was finished cutting the lawn, because I'm not sure how fun that would be to listen to in the background, but... Oh my gosh, we have such a beautiful Airbnb here. Beautiful private swimming pool as I like them and uh, trees and flowers and birds. And there was a snake. I must tell you, there was a snake. It was about as big as a garter snake that we have back home. And um, I was in the midst of doing a Facebook Live. It was so funny. I was just getting ready to do kind of like a an energy exercise where I would close my eyes and kind of just follow the energy and talk about whatever. And I happened to see this snake and I was like, sorry, guys, I've got to go inside because I knew I could not be present with the energy exercise and have half, you know, half of my eye open. (laughs) So (laughs) It was quite funny. Um, But otherwise, I mean, and even that was was an awesome. It's just been an amazing trip. You might have noticed I didn't even have a radio show last week. Uh, Yeah, it's been a lot of just being just being and and then being some more and the swimming pool and the sunshine and it's just been absolutely amazing 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 and we start the certified facilitator class on friday oh my gosh so that's with access consciousness in case you're new to the show uh that's where the tools and processes that i share and talk about uh the classes i go to pretty much are all based on the access consciousness tools and have been i've been using them since 2011 uh, because they work. They work so quickly, they're magic. And anyway, I could go on and on about that. However, let us talk about today's show. Are you a problem solver or a possibilitarian? Right? I know. And so one of the things we talk about a lot is if you're a problem solver, if that's something you're good at, or maybe people have said, oh yeah, you know, so and so, they're the best problem solver around guess what? You have to always have problems to solve, right? If that's your role, you have to you have to create problems, you have to focus on the problem, you have to find the problem to solve it. So instead, I wonder, like, what would it be like to be the possibilitarian that you be already? I mean, you be it. It's just, where's your, where's your focus? Are you focusing on the problems and solving the problems? Or are you being the possibilitarian? Yeah. And um, for some of you who don't know, there's a book in Access, and it's called How to Become Money. And it has these 13 kind of bizarre questions that gets you out of your points of view about money. And one of the questions is what is your worst problem with money? Okay. So I have done this workbook many times, and in September I started a hundred times in a hundred days group, and there's I don't know, a couple hundred of us, and it's just been amazing. And it was around day 40 that I realized, because I asked that question every day, and of course I'm I'm doing the work too, so I'm I'm responding. I realized I don't actually have to have a problem. So even though the question says, what is your worst problem with money? It's okay for me to write. No problem. But it took me 40 days to get there. And it really, really shocked me of like, it didn't occur to me prior to that. I mean, <laughs> that I could actually have no problem. Like just because somebody says, hey, what's your problem? You don't have to figure out a problem to respond to their question. And that's what I really look at in terms of like life in general now is like, how much are we looking for the problem? How much are we, uh, you know, if somebody says, maybe they even say like, how are you? You know, with that kind of energy, like something's wrong. So how are you? And, and so then, as soon as they say that, you kind of start looking for like, well, I mustn't be good because the energy they're delivering with it means they're, they're aware something's wrong. So then you start looking for that. Or, you know, if somebody looks at you and they say, oh, wow, you know, are you tired? And you're like, well, I wasn't. <laughs> it's that same sort of idea, like where what if, what if instead of that, we just Be present with what is. Now, it doesn't mean there might be a time where you are tired or you're not feeling well or whatever. I'm not saying pretend those things aren't there. But really, what if it's okay not to have a problem? What if possibilities are more what you are? And what if just by changing your focus, just by looking for the possibilities of the day instead of the problems for the day, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That really yummy. Okay. And so one of the questions we talk about right, you know, in bars class, uh, that's one of the classes with access is what else is possible? Now there's a few versions of this. You can use whatever or all of them or however, make your own version up. It doesn't matter, but it's basically what else is possible? Because often what we're looking at is like, oh, you know, so let's say it was a rainy day here in Australia, and I'd planned to, to be in the pool. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, this is, oh, I can't believe it's raining. Oh, it always rains when we're in Australia. Like, you know, we, we start doing that crazy, right? Or not all the time, but sometimes, instead of like, wow, okay, so what else is possible? Now, that doesn't mean the only thing else is possible is the rain stops and it's sunny. No, like truly, what else is possible? In fact, the other day we went, hubby and I went on Monday, we'd booked a paddle boarding session. Oh my gosh, you guys, oh my gosh, I did it. And when I fell off, I got myself back up. I, I don't know that there's been a time I have been more prouder of myself so far than that moment of being able to get myself back up. But anyway, we had planned it for Monday. We went in on Monday and it was windy. And so the guy said, hey, you know what, this is not going to be fun. Ultimately, we would like to see when you leave here that you have had some fun, and you'd maybe continue it wherever you go on. He said, if we do it today, chances are you won't like it, and it's not really a fair version of, you know, paddleboarding. So we're like, hey, okay, that's fine. But we were all geared up, you know, we had our swimsuits on, I was... (laughs) I had so much sunscreen on. Oh my gosh. Cause I, it was like going to be 36 Celsius, which I'm not sure if that's like 90 or something Fahrenheit. So, I mean, I was like covered from head to toe. I had my swimsuit. My hubby was in his and, and it was windy. So, okay. So we going paddle is not going to create the most. So what else is possible? And I said to him, Hey, let's go to the ocean. Cause what does the wind do? <laughs> But creates my most favorite things at the ocean, which is beautiful big waves. And so it was first thing in the morning, which the tide was coming in. And for me, I grew up in a lake. Okay, I didn't grow up in the lake. (laughs) But, you know, anytime I went swimming, which was a lot, I've always been a fish. It was always in a lake. So until I started traveling, actually, it wasn't until Mexico, um, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah, actually 10 or 11 years ago that I actually experienced the, the, oh gosh, I can't think of the proper term, but you know, when the, 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 the wave comes in and then it goes out, that pull, that tidal I don't know what it's called. Anyway, that was my first time really ever experiencing that. And I, it, it, it was not fun. I will tell you that right now. It was not fun. Um, cause I couldn't get myself up. And, and it was, anyway, so the, on Monday, the tide, we were there early, the tide was coming in, so there wasn't that big pull. We were able to, to you know, dive into the waves and splash around and jump in them and have so much fun. I mean, Hubby and I were laughing like kids. We were just having so much fun with it. And and so it's like, really, what else is possible? Okay, so we couldn't go paddleboarding due to the wind. Well, then what if we use that to our advantage? And And it's not always kind of like, say, black and white like that. But really, if you get into the space of what else is possible. Because there's always another possibility. So as a possibilitarian. What could you be creating? Like, really, how much more fun could you have? What else might be possible if you if you're playing with the possibilities instead of solving the problems? Yeah. And so the question, what else is possible? And the other versions I talked about, what else is possible that I've never even considered, which is one of my most fun, because what that does is it gets me out of what I have considered. So sometimes when we ask what else is possible, we get into the energy of, okay, what else is possible? It's raining. I can't go in the pool. So I'll have a nap, you know, so we've decided what the possibility is instead of what else is possible. I've never even considered So maybe you go inside and, you know, sexy hubby's there and other things are going on. I mean, there's so many possibilities with that. Um, And then a new one, and I know I did a whole radio show on this one, guys, and I love it, is what else is possible that I don't think is possible? That if I allowed the possibilities would actualize as, and then you could put whatever, or as something yummy or coming along or whatever you want to put in there. But just to have that space of, what else is actually possible that I don't think is possible because we get then out of our thinking. If I don't think it's possible, then what else is possible that if I allowed the possibility. So this is where we're dropping the barriers and we're going into allowing of the possibilities. And I was recently at the mutant class with Gary and Dane and Simone and, uh, Brandon, (laughs) I forgot his name, oh my gosh. Uh, And so one of the things that Gary talked about in there was how we've got to relax to receive. So allow, what else is possible that I don't think is possible that if I allowed the possibilities, if I relaxed into it, if I was open to more, would actualize as whatever, you know, fill in the blank there, But it just opens it up. It takes you again out of the problems, out of the focusing of what's wrong, out of the how can I fix this into truly what else is possible that I don't think is possible, that if I allowed the possibilities would actualize as all my dreams coming true as if by magic or something like that so you're totally in another space. You're totally in the possibilitarian that you be rather than the problem solver that you might have taken on or maybe somebody gave it to you. You know, maybe you were really good at helping people out. And so they said, oh, yeah, that so and so. They're such a good problem solver. Let's let's ask them. They know how to solve this so that you can get out of problem solver and be the possibilitarian that you truly be. Yeah, see, even the birds agree. I know even for myself, I growing up, I was not so much I would call it a problem solver, uh, but the same energy was I, was I was known that I could fix things. I could help people. I was very good at being able to step in and take over. And if you've listened to my shows, you know that I, I often refer to myself as a superior bitch of magnitude. You know, so I got so good at it and people expected it so much of me that I just, for a long time, I just did it. I just stepped in, I could see something was going on, and I would just step in. And um, that's not actually so fun. (laughs) You know, I felt really important at the time, I felt really needed, I felt really valued at the time. But it really is an unkindness. If somebody isn't asking us to, um, to assist them or to contribute, and we just step in, what we're doing is we're actually energetically giving them the information that they can't do it themselves like I'm better than them because I can fix their problem or I could like that crazy you know and so watching that too of those like I talked about before the projections of what you're supposed to do and what your job is and what I started doing is I stopped talking no, I didn't obviously stop talking. I mean, I'm not sure I could do that. But when people would come to me, those people who were used to me, you know, fixing their stuff and they would tell me a problem, i would I would just listen. So I wouldn't give a solution. I wouldn't give an answer. I wouldn't do anything except listen. And wait for them to ask me a question. Now, I had trained them a certain way and they had trained me a certain way for a long enough period that it felt really uncomfortable because most of them weren't willing to ask me a question. They didn't even know that that was a possibility, um, you know, so it became a really awkward sometimes silence of me just sitting there looking at them and them sitting there looking at me, waiting for me to tell them um, And then, you know, kind of became the dance of um, where I started saying, hey, you know, would you like me to ask you a question about that, depending on who it was in the situation and stuff, so that I basically retrained them and created a lot more space for me and a lot more kindness for me and for them. So that's the other kind of, I would say, the other side of being a problem solver is that that that, that it was our job or that it's an expectation or that, that we've got to really look at that. Now, I also know that superior, what what I call superior bitch or superior bastard is actually a capacity. So there are times that I will utilize it. Absolutely. So it's not wrong. For a long time, I made myself wrong for it because I could see how much I did it and how, um, you know, unkind in a lot of the ways it was. And then, you know, recognized as I went on that there's times and places and the, in classes, I always use the example, if you're standing on this, you know, the sidewalk and a kid's ball goes into the street and the kid's running out to grab it and you can see a car coming, please, pardon me. (laughs) Please be that superior bitch or bastard and stop them so they don't run and the car doesn't hit them. Like that's that's a really extreme example. Um, and there are gonna be times where it's going to create greater for you to choose it and, and recognize that that's a celebration, that's a capacity. It's just that we wanna start being aware of, is it creating greater? Is it creating less? And be willing to follow the 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 one, It's creating greater, go ahead and choose it. And if you choose it and it creates less, then hey, you know what? You're going to be more aware of it next time. But it also allows you to be more of the possibilitarian that you be. Because just by asking somebody a question, you're being a possibilitarian. By asking yourself a question, you are being a possibilitarian. You're not being stuck in the problem or the fixing of it. Because a question is what will empower and an answer is what will disempower. And so that's what I I was doing for years and years and years, was I was answering. I was saying, okay, well, now you need to do this and this and this. And so I was disempowering in that sense. And and I'm not wrong for it. It worked well for a lot of people. And it worked well for me too, because I got a lot of value. Um, maybe not true value, but, you know, I had that for me and that's cool. And then now it's like, what what would I like to create on the planet? What would I like to see? If you think of like, if if all of your dreams could come true, if everything you asked for could come true, what would you like to see on the planet? Would you like to see everyone thriving, everyone living as the question, everyone being the possibilitarian in their own lives and livings? That's what I would love to see. I would love to experience that. And I do in so many ways. And what would it take for it to be everywhere? Well, I know for it to be everywhere that I have to be willing to be it more and more and more and to be willing to have those uncomfortable times with people who, you know, are expecting me to fix it or who, um, you know, heard I could or whatever it is just to be willing to, to let them ask me a question. And if they don't, that's okay too. Now, sometimes in classes, well, probably most of the time in classes, um, I will say to the person you know what is your question a little bit different in a class because that's what we're there to do um, and they might be telling me their story but it's like okay cool that's your story what is your question um, because we're not taught to ask questions so most of us are taught probably i would say the majority of us are taught to tell the story to tell our points of views to tell our limitations and somehow we've decided that that's a form of a question or something. I had that the other day in a class and it was just, you know, basically she was just giving me point of view after point of view after point of view after point of view. Point of view. I'm like, okay, cool. Now what's your question? Well, that is my question. It's like, but there's no question there. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of points of views, but there's not a question there. And, and it was difficult for her to find the question. And that's not uncommon. And that's because we're not taught to ask the questions. So really, if you if, you know, if that describes you, if you're like, Oh, my gosh, I never know what question to ask, just put into your brain, the question of what else is possible. That's it. You only need to remember those, you know, for its upwards. what else is possible Yeah, for words. <laughs> that's it. And start going there. So whenever you are you know thinking you should ask a question or you know you're supposed to ask a question or whatever go what else is possible and i remember years ago i was on a telecall with with gary douglas again the founder of access consciousness and it was called being brilliant with money i think or it was something about money the telecall was around wealth creation anyway you get the idea let's say it was wealth creation let's call it that just for ease And it was a six-week telecall series. So we got together with him on the phone. There was, I think, 100 or so of us for uh, an hour and a half every week for six weeks. And at the end of it, I mean, to me, it was a brilliant telecall. I absolutely loved it. And about a week after it ended, I was in a different class with him. And he started talking about the (laughs) telecall. And he said, I find it so interesting that I spent all those hours with all those people and never once did anybody ask me how to create wealth. And I was like, oh my God. We went on to those telecalls with the energy of problem not possibilitarian. And so this is what we do is we've decided once we figure out the problem, then we can have the thing, the possibility, the creation, the money, the magic, the whatever. And that's what needs to change. The problem is the distraction, right? We had whatever, nine hours with Gary. We could have asked him anything. And all we did was ask about our problems. And Gary being Gary, he will only gift you what you're asking for. He would not step in, you know, on call two and say, guys, we spent the entire call one talking about problems. Let's go to, pot. you know, he's not going to do that. It's up to us. So it so blew my mind of how, one, you know, that, that interesting choice, and two, it never once crossed my mind to ask how to create wealth, even though that's what the call was about. I mean, it's it's so, it's so, it's so, it is so. And I remember sharing this at the beginning of a foundation class. I, I've shared it at the beginning of many foundation classes. Um, I haven't actually in a while, uh, but I used to share that story at the beginning of pretty much all my foundation classes. And it was so cool because only in one class, though, well, the birds are getting very loud. Um, in one class, right after I finished the story, there was a, a brilliant man in the class, and he raised his hand, and I said, yes. And he said, Flunice, how do you create wealth? And it was like, fuck, yes. We started that foundation off on possibilities. And, I mean, of course, there were times that we went into problems, but it it really laid out the foundation. So look at that for yourself. Look at where in your life you could be asking about the possibilities, even starting your day off with what else is possible? What else is possible? And how much can we receive from these beautiful birds here in Australia? I mean, it is so magical. Oh my gosh. And truly, what else is possible that we've never even considered? What else is actually possible that we don't think is possible that if we allowed the possibilities would change our entire lives? Yeah. So... Maybe that will inspire us to be more the possibilitarians that we truly be. Because I tell you what, guys, we truly are possibilitarians. It doesn't matter if you spent your life in problems. It doesn't matter if you don't even know what possibilitarian means. Just know you be one. You wouldn't be listening to this show if you weren't one. And so what else is possible with us actually being them and creating way more, way, way, way more on the planet Have a great week, sweet friends, and I look forward to playing with you next week.